Hello, this is Bittersweet Ramblings. So named because podcast naming sucks and I gave up during the process and this was the last one left. Today I am going to be talking about some of the old anti-drug commercials from the 80s. In the 80s, people were already completely terrified of many different things, especially the idea of a nuclear war or, you know, being attacked or murdered by gangs or being kidnapped or getting stuck somewhere without access to a payphone, you know, especially when you were close to curfew. And we were, we were really pretty close to having a nuclear war happen and we knew it. I mean, it's easy to gloss over now, but the 80s had a lot of really terrifying things going on. So why they decided to traumatize a bunch of young children with an anti-drug campaign is beyond me, but I'm going to maybe talk a little bit about that. So let's uh, get started. I have to be honest, I don't understand the thinking behind the anti-drug campaigns of the 80s. I mean, things were genuinely terrifying enough at the time. The Cold War was hanging over everybody's head. We were afraid of being invaded by the Russians. You know, that was always sort of a hanging threat or of a nuclear war happening. There were several different movies that depicted what would happen in the case of having a uh, nuclear attack. So. You know, the images were all right there. We even had to practice hiding under our desk on occasion because that was going to save you from uh, fallout. I guess it, it gave you the feeling that you actually had something to do. So there was that. So the anti-drug campaign, it was, it was basically unleashing a campaign of terror to just traumatize kids and not using any sort of drugs. It didn't explain anything to them. It just said, drugs bad, stay away from drugs. And it was dead set on, you know, working to scare people straight. The ad campaign itself seemed to be created to appeal to like grandparents who were, you know, trying to approve it based on what they thought would either scare the kids straight or, hey, this, this will appeal to the kids. Like, a lot of these ads looked like they were based off, you know, like this this old movie from the 1930s called Reefer Madness, which was a wildly inaccurate movie. So inaccurate that not only was it made fun of at the time, but it was made fun of and replayed in the 70s while, you know, people were getting high and laughing at it. They had a movie where you had a bunch of marijuana smokers who went completely insane. They had like wild hallucinations and there was assault and there was murder and there was suicide. All those things that you think of when you think of a pothead. (laughs) Because, because they don't just sit at home eating and, you know, watching television. No, they're, they're out on a rampage. So, so, The campaign itself seemed to be based on, you know, what maybe some grandparents would think. Like, you know how your grandparents would go out and they, you know, say in the 80s would buy you a Cabbage Patch doll because they heard that Cabbage Patch kids were really popular. So they were pretty sure that was what you'd want. And, you know, you would have maybe no interest in dolls and really wanted a boom box. But they were so proud of what they got 
that, you know, you smiled and you acted really excited and you thanked them because they took the time to go and find something they thought you would like. And because your parents were going to give you something to cry about if you didn't act excited about it. <laughs> because it was the 80s and spanking was the norm. So I grew up in a very, very small town. Uh, basically, it doesn't even qualify as a town, qualifies as a village. So most of my exposure to drug education involved a lot of pamphlets with like scary cartoons, which featured, you know, death as the eventual ending. And they had some presentations at school, which mostly featured death as an eventual ending. And then there were some horror stories on the school break specials, which usually ended up with death as an eventual ending. Now, I don't know if you can sense the theme because they were really going for subtlety with this. But if you haven't picked up on the theme yet, it was death. If you took a drug, you were going to die. And and they had um, they had one or two after school specials or you know school break specials, and one of them specifically involved the drug user dying in an electric chair. I think it was called like dead wrong or something like that. Again, the takeaway was drugs equal death. This time via electric chair, which was different than the overdose that they normally focused on. And they really showed way too much of the death by electric chair. They could have not showed as much of that. <laughs> but luckily, uh, I did uh, have the joy of having several nightmares about that for years. Uh, so that was cool. Great. I didn't know how I was going to end up in the electric chair, but that was not something I was really looking forward to. These, you know, quote unquote, educational materials never got into explaining the root causes of why people start using drugs or what effects it really has on your brain. I mean, they had the commercials with, you know, the egg in the frying pan, you know, this is your brain on drugs. And then they sort of evolved it into the girl with a frying pan destroying the egg and destroying the kitchen to explain that that was your brain on drugs. And it was very dramatic, but it didn't explain anything. It was pretty much just someone destroying an egg. And millions, if not over a billion dollars was spent by the government specifically to terrify anyone growing up at that time. There was so much money poured into this. The ads themselves, all of this really, all of these ads, all of this information really contributed for me to a gross misunderstanding of drugs, of drug distribution, of drug addiction, of any causes or anything that would be useful for me to use this in real life. Based on all of the information that I had been fed through the channels of information that were available to me, because this was not the time of the internet. This was time of you can look it up in a library, but you need to be careful when you're looking it up in a library, otherwise your librarian's going to tell your mom. Based on the information that I had access to, here is the scenario that I was convinced was going to happen. 
that would force me to be on drugs. I was convinced that a drug dealer who would most likely be dressed in a black trench coat wearing like a black fedora would catch me unaware by like a schoolyard fence when I was walking home from school and they would force me to take the drugs. Now, I'm not quite sure why I'm convinced it would be someone dressed like they were in a bad detective film from the 40s. I think it had something to do with the McGruff, the crime dog. Uh, You know, he looked and he acted like he was a detective from another era. And it always seemed to be a way that they were presented in those videos or brochures. And, you know, with all the McGruff, the crime dog, anti-drug videos and pamphlets, I think that really played into my viewing pretty much all drug dealers as either being hoods who wore bandanas or 40s style villains. Usually it was the 40s style villains. So anyway, this big, you know, 40s style villain who had the trench coat at the door, he would, you know, I would, I would try to run, of course, because I didn't want to take the drugs, but he would run behind me and catch me and throw me down. And he would have a syringe ready at hand. And then, you know, as I'm screaming and trying to hold him away, he would plunge the needle into me and inject the drugs and I would instantly be addicted. With my last thought before becoming a drug addict being how I had let my parents down by becoming addicted to the drugs. Now, again, my understanding was that after being forced to take the drugs and immediately becoming completely addicted, that I would then fall into disrepair and start hanging out on the mean streets of the tiny little village that I grew up in, like, I don't know, in an alley or something. And then, of course, death and my parents crying over my grave. With the information we were presented in the anti-drug campaigns, this was what I determined. uh, This was how people got addicted to drugs and what happened. Now, keep in mind, I had no idea of what any of the drugs did. I knew a few names from the ads like marijuana and cocaine and heroin, but I did not know the effect of any of them or why anyone would be interested in trying them. Pretty much anything other than addiction, death, that was not something that was part of the curriculum. I was really curious, though. I I wanted to know what these did, and I wanted to know what it was, but again, I didn't have access to any information to find that out. Which could be a danger, because then your curiosity gets the best of you, and you really kind of want to try it. Please note, I say the drugs, because I had no clue what drugs they were talking about. Like, I knew that needles were involved with something. Did I know which of those drugs used needles? I did not. (laughs) Someone could have come up to me and offered me weed at that time and I would have no idea that that was one of the drugs. It's nothing was clarified. Later like when I was a little bit older they handed out some new brochures. It was a new comic book and this comic book specifically said that you would not be attacked and forced to take drugs but that you might have a peer offer them to you. My mind was blown. This was an utter revelation for me. This was just unheard of. The, you know, everything I'd see was dark coat, fedora, guy running around with syringe. That, That was my understanding of that. And 
So to understand that you might have a peer who would offer that to you, I didn't understand that because drugs, from my understanding, immediate addiction, then death, why would your friends offer that to you? It didn't make any sense. So I was confused about drugs a lot longer than I needed to be. And quite frankly, there would have been a lot of information that would have been a lot more useful. And the fact that they had to create and print a bunch of brochures specifically to clarify that drug dealers or drug users were not going to hunt you down and force you to take the drugs had to be printed. So apparently I was not the only person with this misconception. <laughs> I, I suspect there was probably a lot more money spent on the campaigns to correct the information than they really wanted to admit. And, and all of these commercials are pretty much a failure, which is a total shock. It's not clear how many people tried drugs because of the commercials, but it's not insignificant. The commercials ended up creating more of an aura of mystery around them because of the lack of explanation of the effects of drugs. These campaigns had so much fear around telling people about the beneficial effects or the good effects from these drugs or why people would want to get that high that it took away anyone's sort of basic understanding of what they even were to the point where they didn't talk about the effects or the after effects or why it should be avoided or how people go down these downward spirals or how people get involved with drugs in the first place. And they're so busy trying to say how every single drug is evil and bad and equally evil and bad that they weren't able to provide a better explanation of why they should be avoided. It was just a huge misinformation campaign, and it was one that was really poorly done. And it cost the United States as a whole a ton of money for very little in return. So this is a fond remembrance of the traumatizing anti-drug commercials of the 80s for causing me and a lot of other children really sleepless nights. I was convinced I was going to be run down and injected with drugs and then go to the electric chair and I'm sure due to the campaign where they had to explain that that wasn't how this worked that many other kids had nightmares like that as too. I'm just really, really happy that we have moved away as a society from showing these anti-drug campaign ads all the time. And we've moved on to the ASPCA ads where everybody gets to watch sick, sad animals and be told that you're letting them die because those are, those are a lot better. That's just really cheerful. Thanks for playing those all during the holidays, ASPCA. Appreciate that. Thank you for listening. I still haven't decided which one I'm doing next week, but again, it will be completely interesting, of course. And have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>